Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise God. Last week we were teaching on, we've kind of picked a scripture out of, out of uh, 2 Corinthians about change. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I believe that's chapter 3. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Everybody say glory of the Lord. Are changed. Everybody say changed. Now, if you've noticed, life affords you a lot of change. From the day you're born to the day you die, changes take place almost every day. We live on a planet where there's all kinds of changes and weather and different things like that. But also in the kingdom of God, there's continual change. Now, we kind of, we kind of, angle it off of the revelation of the last change of the church will be the great change. When we are changed, the Bible says, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and forever be caught away into heaven to live forever with Him. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Also, He has lots of things for us to do. So God's not finished with you once this life is over. Uh, Actually, you're just getting started. Amen? So the first thing we, we, we talked about was sobriety. Sober up. Everybody say sober up. Now that doesn't mean, you know, I, I'm up here saying, well, you know, you quit, you quit drinking and drugs. You, you should not be doing any of that. But what we're talking about is all types of things that try to bring you under their influence. You know, just the day, the narrative of the day and everything that's going on from the political realm to, the, to, the, to COVID to, to what's going on in the nations of the world. It's all designed to create a narrative to, to get your attention. Amen. I still remember I, I heard a pastor tell the story of a, he was rushing to a, a staff meeting at his church and, and stopped. He liked mustard whoppers from Burger King. So he stopped and got him this big honking mustard whopper and took a big bite and a big glob of mustard fell on his tie. So he's dealing with that glob of mustard driving his car and he gets, he drives over into the other lane and almost gets killed by an 18 wheeler. He says, while he's standing on the road trying to recover, he's shaking so bad. The Lord spoke to him and said, the distraction of a glob of mustard could have cost you your life and everything you've tried to do in ministry. So you got to pay attention. And one of the ways you pay attention is, is to get sober. You say, how do I do that? Don't get under the influences of the narrative of this world. There's so many of them out there, and, you, and, and all of them will capture you if you allow them. You say, well, how do they capture me? Exposure. If you expose yourself to it constantly, then you're, it's going to capture you, and you're going to think like that. You're going to talk like that. You're going to act like that, and you're going to end up like that. But God's got a better way. So one of the things he asks us to do is to sober up. Romans chapter 12, you don't have to turn there, but Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 2, I think it's verse 3, that says we should not think of ourselves more highly than than we ought to, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man and woman the measure of faith. Amen. Then we know in 1 Peter chapter 5 it says uh, to be vigilant and to be sober because your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom what? Resist. Actively oppose. Amen. You say, Pastor, why has the devil fought Island Church so hard? That's not what's been going on. We've been demonstrating his defeat. And he recoils against that. Every time he tries to bring up some darkness, we just throw the light at it. Amen. <laughs> Turn the light on him. He don't like that. Like roaches. You ever had a bad apartment somewhere? One time I thought, I was living in this old ragged out apartment. I'm not going to tell you what it was. But anyway, I thought I'd killed all the roaches. You know, I'm a great white hunter, so I'm going to kill all the roaches, you know. And so I noticed for a couple of days they weren't around, and I saw one run, and he went behind my refrigerator. 
I thought, I'm going to get that rat. And I pulled it back, and the, you know how they got those coils, and those coils are kind of warm. That whole thing was big old roaches about that big. So I just went and got me another roach and forgot about it. Amen. <laughs> some of y'all got it. Some of y'all didn't. Amen. All right. All right. Come back to church. First Peter. <laughs> First Peter chapter one. Amen. First Peter chapter 1. Now here's where we began last week and I want to kind of take these, these truths and expand upon it because really if I were going to title it, it is, it is sober up and get drunk. You say, now what do you mean by that? Get rid of all the influence of the world, the flesh, and the devil and come on the influence of God and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible, Paul wrote to us and said, don't be drunk with wine where is in excess, but be what? Filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So we are, we are literally commanded by God to be under the influence of the Holy Ghost and not the world system. Now, this scripture, let me read it here in, 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 in just in the King James, uh, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind... Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now we read that in the Passion Bible and saw that as Jesus Christ grows in us, greater grace comes upon us. So the preeminent thing in our life, you know, sometimes we get, you know, there's a, there's a financial problem, physical problem, so we really press into the subject of our need. Amen? But there is a grace that grows, not with information about how to get out of the problem that you're current, currently in, but there is a grace that grows by the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. I'll tell you what, there's been great moves of God across this planet in the last 120 years, and many of them were fueled by a lot less revelation than we have right here. You say, what do you mean by that? We know more than they did. We, we literally know more than that. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way. My dad, Pops, was a lawyer to Brother Kenneth e. Hagan. When Brother Hagan left the Assemblies of God denomination to go independent, uh, dad did his uh, 501c3 corporation, uh, Kenneth Hagan Evangelistic uh, Association. So dad and mom sat under a tremendous amount of teaching uh, by Brother Hagen, and Brother Hagen's premier message was out of Mark chapter 5. You can write your own ticket with God. He got it by revelation driving down the road one day and, and pulled over the side of the road and made some notes on a piece of paper and that write your own. We've taught it so many times here. You ought to know it by heart. You know what it is? You hear, you say, you do, you receive, then you tell it. Amen. And so, you know, I've heard him preach it hundreds and hundreds of times. But I was in a meeting, Dad was with me, and I had taught on that subject. And after teaching that, Dad came to me and he said, now, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to, to uh, uh, think that I'm telling you this because you're my son. I just want you to know this, son. I said, what is that, Pops? He said, that message you preached tonight on Mark chapter 5 was far above anything I've ever heard Brother Hagin teach. Well, when he said that to me, I realized, well, this is just a few years. This is like three or four years ago he told me that. Brother Hagin went to be with the Lord in 2003. Well, if that was not true, then what are we doing? We're going backwards instead of forwards. 
You know, everything we teach and preach ought to be on an elevated level. We shouldn't be an echo of what happened yesterday. We should be the voice of what's going on today. And listen, Island Church is not an echo of some move of God that took place in former years. Island Church is a voice of what God's doing right now, today, in the land. Amen? And in the midst of it, what God is saying, He's saying, church, yes, there's a lot of problems. There's financial problems. There's physical problems. You may have to fight some problems in your job or at your business. But listen, there's a greater answer than just applying the Scripture that deals with your need. Go into the Word and begin to let Christ grow in you and grow in you and grow in you. Go into those Gospels and walk the dusty the dusty streets of Jerusalem and Galilee and see Him do signs and wonders and miracles and see Him in His passion as He died upon the cross and see him risen from the dead and let it grow in you and develop and germinate and the greater that gets on the inside of you the more grace grace for your healing grace for your finances grace for your family grace for your job grace for you no matter what it is that grace begins to come into your life hallelujah but you have to be sober you have to get sober and you're gonna have to begin to seek him amen now notice what it says is obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye in all manner of conversation. That's the word lifestyle. That means you have to live holy. You say, now what does that mean? That doesn't mean that, you know, you put some airs on in a, in a big robe and a high hat and walk around like you, everything you do is right and good. No, it literally means to live in the sanctification that Christ has provided for us. As a believer, there should be a whole lot about your old life that you don't even involve yourself in anymore. You say, why? Because that's not you. That's not you. You're dead and you're risen in Christ with Him. So you ought to have a brand new life. And those mercies are new every morning. I'm a new creature every day. Oh, I don't think you got that one. I said, I'm a new creature. I get up and had a bad day the day before, bad week, the week before, bad month, the month before, bad year, the year before. I just get up the next day and say, praise God, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things are new for me in Jesus' name. Amen? So we see here that there is a sobriety we must walk in in these last days. Now, in understanding that, the Lord began to expound. He said this to me. He said, this is a day, and this is exactly how he said it to me. This is a day in which I'm calling for all hands on deck. Then he said this to me, battle stations. Now, I know that term battle stations is a, is a, is a nautical navy term. Now, no matter what kind of ship you were on, and I base this on my studies of, uh, of the Navy in World War II, no matter what ship you were on, or you, you could have been on a transport ship or you could have been on some other kind of ship other than a warship, but every Navy ship under the flag of the United States of America had battle stations. That means no matter who you are on that ship, there was a place for you when you went to battle. Now, let me say this. Violating your battle station was the worst offense you could commit. That would get you an immediate court-martial. There were other things you could do and get, get by with and be disciplined for. But honey, and when battle stations were called and when the battle was hot, if you were not at your battle station, there was trouble. There was trouble for you. Amen? So here's the thing. Exactly what went on then is going on now. God is calling in the church for us to sober up and to realize it's time for all hands on deck. It's battle stations time. It's battle station. You need to be in your place, as it said there in Joshua chapter 5. You need to be, to be abiding in the camp till you're whole. Amen? 
Now, how's my time? Oh, good. I'm doing good. I got to drive to Shreveport here in a little bit, so. Anybody want to drive me <laughs> while I sleep? Go, if you will. First Peter, still in First Peter. Go to chapter 4. Did it get hot in here? No? I must be preaching good. Now, this scripture, verse 7, 1 Peter chapter 4. We, le we left off with this last, last week, but this is such an important, pivotal scripture for this, this that I'm teaching to make application of the word to our lives. Here we are again. But the end of all things is at hand. Wow. Now that's in the Bible. The end of all things that is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent love or charity among yourself for love or charity shall cover a multitude of sins. All right? So here we go. Number one, the end of the age is at hand. Remember what I said? I've said it many times. If we don't understand the day and hour which we live in, we will fail to complete the assignment that God has given us. We are living in the end of the age. Now, what's amazing about that is they said that back then, thinking they were at the end of the age, but realized later that they weren't. But in acting like they were at the end of the age, they had victory. Isn't that interesting? They didn't back off and say, well, that's not going to happen for 2,000 years. I got a revelation that, the, you know, uh, 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 Israel's not even going to be made a nation until 1948. You know, and this is 60 A.D.? No, no. They still lived like it was the end of the world. The end of all things was coming upon them. But then it says this. It says, be sober. Everybody say sober. Be sober. Let me find it again. Therefore, be sober and watch. Everybody say sober and watch. So we have to be sober. We have to sober and we have to watch. Everybody say watch. Now, where's my... Let me find my notes I had on that. I think I put them somewhere else. Hold on. I got so many things I got to preach here. Now, here it is. Here it is. Everybody say, be sober and watch. But notice this, above all things. So we're going to come back to sober and watch and go to above all things. Above all things, have fervent charity in the King James or love among yourselves. I'll let that settle in a minute. Among yourselves, for charity of our love shall cover the multitude of sins. Now let's meddle with this just a moment. Amen? We must love and cover one another. Now the problem is, is we try to walk in love instead of loving. Now let me try that again. We try to walk in. Well, pastor, shouldn't we walk in love? Well, it begins that way. But you should love. You say, now what's the difference between walking in love and loving? Walking in love is an effort. I've taught on that and taught on that about how divine love is an effort. It's an effort. It's an effort. But loving is your nature. What we try to do is we try to love through effort and not our nature. 
But if we learn to love through our nature, we learn to cover. You say, what does that mean? That means for people you walk in love toward, which means these are the people that you have to forgive. These are the people that may have wronged you. These are people that might have done something that you know what they did that is not good. But you're called to walk in love and cover them. Now, in relation to this scripture, and and Peter writing to us to be sober and watch, and then to love and cover, above all, love and cover. We must understand that what we don't love and cover is the number one thing that will intoxicate us. So that person that wronged you, that event that happened, that problem at the other church that you went to, or whatever it was, if you're not willing to love and cover. See, sometimes we love, well, I forgive them, but we're all too willing to rehearse the problem. That's not covering well, I, I think for your, for your own good, I need to tell you this. That's crazy because you're called to come. You say, well, I know so-and-so, they did this and they did that and they did this. Okay, well, praise God. Do you love them? I do love them. Do you forgive them? I forgive them. Then shut up or you're going to get drunk on the offense that came to you as you're trying to forgive the one that offended you. So not only do you have to forgive them and love them, you have to cover them, which means you don't talk about them, you don't rehearse the problem, you don't go to someone else. Man, we, we, we ought to have them over the Holy Ghost around here. We don't want, we want a unity here like we've never had. We want a strength here we've, like we've never had. And we want a platform for the Holy Ghost to move like we've never had before. And in order to do that, we're going to have to cover each other. Yeah. Of all the people in the world, these ought to be the people that you look, at, look after more than anybody else. You say, why? Because these are the people you're serving God with. These are the people that can agree with you. These are the people that are standing with you. These are the people that are moving down the same pathway that you're moving down. These are people that are precious to you. And all things being equal, you will spend eternity with all these people sitting around you. You say, well, I hope God would deliver me to someone else. Well, you'd make those other people miserable too. (laughs) Amen. Somebody say love and cover. So once we start loving and covering one another, notice the sobriety is to do what? To empower us to pray. You say, well, why do we keep praying? Go Wednesday night and Sunday night and pastoral prayer. Listen, one of the great traits of the last days is prayer. God's people crying out, God, move. God, move. You moved in the 60s. You moved in the 70s. You moved in the 80s and the 90s. Now it's our day. It's our season. We're not an echo of what God did yesterday. We're the seed of what God planted yesterday, but we need to bear the fruit of today. Amen. Amen. I better be careful. I'll get wound up here. Anybody say wound up. Passion Bible. Since we are approaching the end of all things, be intentional, purposeful, self-controlled so that you can be given to prayer. You know, sobriety, one of the greatest assets of sobriety is your desire to pray. A lot of times people don't pray. You say, well, they're under the influence of something else. But if you stay under the influence of the Holy Ghost, you're going to want to commune with God. You're going to want to worship Him. I was praying the other day. I was in my office studying. I had some 
meetings coming up, so I was studying, studying some stuff for here at the church. And I thought, well, I'm going to pray a little bit. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to pray like I, I've been praying. I ain't going to do that. I'm going to go here and sit in my easy chair. I'm going to put my hands up. I'm just going to worship God. Lord, I love you. I know all these things are going on in the world, the church. The assignments that you've given us are awesome. And, but I, I, I'm going to set all that aside. All the good things you've done are not, yeah, thank you, Lord. But I just want to take and spend some time with you. So here I'm going to sit in my chair. I'm just going to worship you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to meditate on your word. If a word of prayer comes out of my mouth, then I'll, I'll give it up to you. And I just sat there. It was probably 30, 45 minutes and had just the best time fellowshipping with God. You, you say, well, what point are you trying to make? Well, if you're sober, you recognize the dime in which you live and the need for prayer. Amen. So not only are you prayerful, but remember we studied those two words last week, to watch and pray, to watch and pray, to be observant, to, 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 to notice. Listen, I like what we did today in, in celebrating our nation, praying over our nation. You say, well, because it's necessary. It would not be good to come into an auditorium on a day in which our whole nation uh, celebrates its independence and not even recognize we live in a nation that affords us independence. Above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another. For love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. We must step out in faith into a greater dimension of God's glory through prayer, through the word, through fasting, and through loving one another with an intense love. You know, I think for many years we've tolerated each other. You say, what is that? Well, people can tolerate each other. If you go to school, you had to tolerate the people you went to school with and your teachers. I guess they had to tolerate me, amen? But in the church, we're called to love. That means we look out for one another. That means we help one another. That, that, listen, that, that, that means we pray for one another. And that also means that our interest for one another is of divine origin. That means God's running a cord through us to pull us tight and connect us together. Thank God for it. Amen? Now, real quick, I'll close with this. Let me find it here. But the end of all things is, is at hand. King James again. Uh, uh, be ye, be ye therefore sober, watch unto prayer, and above all things, have fervent love or charity among yourselves, for charity of our love shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, in serving God and dealing with sin, because I think this is where many people get tripped up by the devil. And I'll close with this because this will help. Because I've, I've dealt with all these things in my life. Serving God, dealing with sin. Sin is anything that you know in your life is. To be sin is anything that breaks the laws of God or displeases God. Now, openly and, 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 and continually living in sin sears your, sears your heart. You know what that means, to sear your heart? I, I don't know if many people know what that means. I knew a man one time that could drink boiling coffee. I mean boiling coffee. He was an old uh, army veteran and fought in World War II. I worked on his ranch for a few years and he could drink boiling coffee. I asked him one day, I said, Mr. Walker, how can you drink that coffee that, that hot? He says, I've been drinking it like this since I was eight years old. This is the way my mom and dad drank it. Oh, you couldn't do it. It would burn your lips and burn your tongue. But see, he had drank so much of that hot coffee, it seared his mouth. didn't affect him. 
The Bible says in Hebrews, it says the deceitfulness of sin will harden you. And you know, a lot of people, they get involved in things in their life and, they, and, they, and, the, and the enemy is insistent in temptation. He will get on this shoulder and he will be your number one cheerleader to do it. Just do it, do it, do it. Feels good, looks good, tastes good. Just, you know, nobody knows, blah, 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 blah. And he'll just, and he'll, and he'll rationalize in your mind. And the next thing you know, you step out and you do it. And then he jumps to the other shoulder and says, you've done it now. A lot of times he'll think, oh, you've sinned away your day of grace. You've committed an unpardonable sin. And then he just begins to... So there is a deceitfulness of sin that will harden you and sin trains you through repetition. So number one, the best thing you can do is to use what sin uses against you against sin. You say, what is that? Repetition. That means every time you sin and fall, you make a decision, I'm going to get up. Now let me say that again. Every time you sin and fall, you make a decision, I'm going to get up. I'm not going to wallow in it. I'm not going to intend to do it again, but I'm going to get up and free myself from this, Grant, get forgiveness granted by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to move forward. Now, as long as you keep that attitude moving forward, now listen to me, as long as you keep that attitude moving forward, moving forward, I'm not quitting, I'm not giving up, I'm not quitting, I'm not giving I think, what was it? Was, was, I think it was you, Leah, that you fought uh, uh, tobacco for like a year after you got saved. I knew a man that was an alcoholic that drank a quart of rum every day. He was a bank president. Drank a quart of rum every day. I couldn't drink a cap full. He drank a quart. God delivered him. Full Gospel Businessmen Outreach. Totally delivered. But he drank one shot glass for a year. He didn't want to. His body craved it. He said, but for one year, he drank a shot. But see, every time I did it, I declare, I am healed of this. I am delivered of this. I'm not going to be bound to this anymore. And then one day, he took that shot glass and he threw it on the ground and broke it. You know why he did that? Because he kept moving forward. Every time he sinned, he would fall. But when he got up, he got up ahead of where he fell from. You say, why? Because he was moving forward in God the whole time. You may have committed something 5,000 times. It doesn't matter. It's the 5,001st time that that thing breaks in your life and you continue to move forward. And listen, you can do it here because we love you and we're going to cover what you may be going through. And I guarantee you, I see a whole lot of things by the Spirit, no things by the Spirit that I never say anything about. I just pray and believe God. And it's amazing what you see God do in the lives of people when you just give people a chance. Now let me say this and I'll close. Religion will not give you a chance. They will put you in the altar every service trying to get you saved again, trying to keep you condemned because that's the power of religion is control. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have an abundance. He said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. God doesn't want you in bondage to some religion where everything you do is a breaking of their rules and everything you do, you come into condemnation of the adversary. Let me tell you, church, some of you are still living in the condemnation of some religion you came out of. Get that out of your mind. You are free in Christ, washed by his blood, delivered by the power of God. God loves you and cares for you and you are literally a Jew in his treasure. I've always loved the parable of the pearl of great price because I studied it for years and people used to preach it and say, well, the pearl of great price is you get Jesus, you get the pearl of great price. But nobody has ever sold or given away everything they had to get one pearl. 
So you know the pearl of great price? You know what it is? It's you. You are the pearl of great price that God gave everything for so that he could get. And when you realize that and recognize that, it imparts a dimension of mercy that compels you to go forward even though you have failure in your life. You just keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. I failed, Pastor. Get up! Bless God, you'll see you got up ahead of where you fell from because the mercy and the grace of God is on you. This is a day and hour to sober up, watch and pray, to love one another, and to serve God with an intensity like we never have before. And I guarantee you we'll see the results and the benefits in the days ahead. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed? Brother Frank, if you would. Let me ask you a question this morning. Fourth of July weekend, we remember the liberty and freedom that our nation affords us, but there is a greater liberty, there is a greater freedom given us by Jesus Christ. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I were to die, I'd go to heaven. I want to be sure. You say, I'm not sure if I'm, that I'm right with God. Maybe you've never made Jesus your Lord. It has nothing to do with joining a church. It has nothing to do with putting your name on some list. It has to do with your adherence to the Word of God. Understanding there is a God that loves you, that gave His only begotten Son to die for you, because there are things you cannot achieve or get for yourself. God got it for you. And he packaged it in something called redemption. You must accept it. You must believe it. Your entire life is designed by God to answer one question. Whom do you say that I am? Not me. Whom do you say Jesus is? If you're here today, you've never made Jesus your Lord. Or if you have made Jesus your Lord, but you're not living right. You're not doing right. You've broken your fellowship with Him. I've got good news. He's not broken it with you. He still has a relationship and He's drawing your heart back right now. So if you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. Please pray with me. If you'll lift your hand high right now, I'll do that. Anyone at all? Praise God. Lift your hand up high. Praise God as we look around. Praise God. Good. Everybody look this way. Everybody right with God? We trust God you are. Amen. Stand on your feet if you will. Please be careful during the holiday weekend. Trust God for your protection and safety. Amen. We want to see everybody back in church next Sunday. Don't forget Wednesday night. We have, oh, we got a special service Wednesday night. Oh, y'all need to come Wednesday night. Amen. It's going to be awesome. God's good. It's going to be, a, be, a, be an awesome time. In the meantime, be careful. Don't blow your hand off with no firework or anything like that. Please. Glory to God. Stay safe on the highways. Love one another. Love one another. Somebody may be covering you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your riches and blessing in our life. We lay hold of Psalms 91 for our, our entire congregation. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling. Angels have charge over us. Father, in our travels on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, any other way of travel or transportation, we declare your safety. Lord, we know what's going on in our, in our airline industry with all these delays. Thank you that none of them affect us. No cancellations in Jesus' name. No delays in Jesus' name. No lost luggage in Jesus' name. 
right on time departures, right on time arrivals. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for the light that shines in us. Not the light of the freedom of a nation, but the light of God himself. Thank you that that light shines bright, that we are a witness as we celebrate the blessing that is our nation. Thank you that the revelation of Jesus lives big in us. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.